0: Enough. This is the Rich Eisen Show.
1: You know, I've seen enough of Zach Wilson. We got to do everything we can just to try and prove him wrong.
0: Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Just
1: a total hot mess that is the New York
0: Jets. They just got kicked in the stomach when they were planning for Aaron Rodgers to be everything for this franchise. Today's guests NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero. Steelers cornerback Patrick Peterson, plus your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now, it's yes, Rich it is. Eisen. Yes, it
2: is. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, live on the Roku Channel. Also, this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate, Sirius XM Odyssey. And more. Uh, I want to thank uh, Suze for sitting in this chair. It um, was a fun show yesterday. Peter King, Amy Trask stopped by. Josh Duhamel stopped by, which is interesting. Is that why uh, I'm looking in my uh, my book right here, seeing Susie's notes of... Uh, of the win-loss game of the Minnesota yes. Vikings, uh-huh. that uh, I guess he played. Um, we did right with with Josh Dumel. <laughs> Oddly enough, um, on the next page it says, "I'm leaving you," is what she just wrote. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm I'm like I'm it's like okay. what, I, when I sat down in the chair, I'm like yeah. wondering what that's for, and then I watched the video. I saw Josh Dumel. Yeah. I'm like, now I get
0: it. It's <laughs> understandable. You guys had a good run. I mean, 20 years, a long yeah, my time. My gosh, yeah, right? Come run. 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 on, kids.
2: 30. Yeah, he overcame so. the. Congrats. Um, It's going to be be a really wild weekend. Yeah. Vegas? Uh, at all right fun show <laughs> funny show uh fun show good to see you over there chris brockman how are you we could
0: crash uh fellers bachelor party that he's going to this weekend are you really going to a bachelor party yeah going uh, to aj's bachelor party oh great Second one terrific in odd. vegas we could just crash it now that you're uh,
3: single. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> good to see you jim hey, Feller. how are you good over good there you great uh tj jefferson uh, is the candle already lit over there you know good the again? candles lit. it smells good <laughs> good Great to have you back though man. Uh, uh, pleased to be back you were gone uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. 844 204 Rich, number to Don to have a conversation today. Hey, um, I start this show, as I frequently do, by hitting a Wayback Machine. Get the exact date for you. We start today's program on January eighth, nineteen ninety-four. Why, Rich, are we starting on January eighth, nineteen ninety four? Playoff yeah. game of some sort? It was a playoff game in the Pontiac Silver Dome. Oh, the last time the Detroit Lions won their division, 1993 season. Wow, Wayne Fonts. In which the 1994, January 8th, 1994, Wayne Fonts and the Lions. Scott Mitchell? Lost to the Green Bay Packers. Oh, wow. In a playoff game. Last time, little did they know when they walked off the field off of that 28-24 final score. Sounds like a good game. Little did they know, after uh, Sterling Sharp caught one from Brett Favre, 40-yarder, to wrap things up, to turn a three-point deficit into a four-point win. Little did they know, Eric Kramer, by the way. Ronnie Pete started 10 games. Did they know that that would be their last division win and their last playoff home game until this present day? And then the Detroit Lions showed up to Lambeau Field last night to kick off week four. In a division that has not one, but two 0-3 teams residing in it. The Vikings and the Bears. And the Packers, with Jordan Love and having his sort of Tebow time type fourth quarter performance against the New Orleans Saints last week, 2-1 with the Lions 2-1. And you've got the sense that was part of our preview conversation that uh, we, we put up there on our, our, our YouTube feed. At Rich Eisen Show YouTube feed. So you we talked about it, that the winner of this game would have the leg up until they see each other for a turkey leg up on Thanksgiving. they take a first place lead by a game and a half, a game in the standings, and, of course, the half game because of the head-to-head victory. And the Lions come out, and Jared Goff throws an interception, and you're thinking, uh-oh, maybe the Packers finishing up the way that they did against the Saints. This is, in fact, their night. Jordan Love is, in fact, putting down a calling card. And That's when the Lions started biting kneecaps and taking hunks and just doing it again and again. And again, and I know I'm bringing up the way that Dan Campbell introduced himself as a head coach in the NFL, leading a lot of folks to think this is an unserious man that a head coach would have as his opening press conference a very Hannibal Lecter-type approach to communicating. But man, did they have the Packers for, with fava beans and a nice Chianti last night in that first half just hitting them in the mouth. Dominating the line of scrimmage. Taking Jordan Love out of that game early, figuratively. Jared Goff finding a wide-open Amon Ra St. Brown to start things off on a David Montgomery Palooza. Running downhill, hitting you in the mouth with an offensive line that was imposing its will. Packers making the mistakes, the Lions capitalizing on them. Takeaways all over the lot. And the Detroit Lions go into the locker room with their largest halftime lead ever 27 to 3. Holy smokes. The Detroit Lions didn't have a great third quarter. Not saying that they're. An unbeatable presence. And there was a third quarter 44-yard pass to end the third quarter by Jordan Love that I don't believe should have counted. And we'll talk about the play clock and how the NFL deals with it later on. I feel it should be like the NBA. We should have the play clock light up when it hits zeros. At any rate, long story short, The Packers made a bit of a game of it and the Lions just ran it down their throats to wrap things up again. I said it a couple times this week and I'll repeat it again, certainly because it does appear that I'm right. Lions are a better team on the road. They are excellent at shutting you up. They have a certain presence when they show up in your house that they are prideful, these Lions, to come in and show you what they are made of in front of your home fans and undress you and be clown you. And the Lions now lead this division by a game and a half over a Packers team that is banged up and is left wondering what the hell was that? They end the Aaron Rodgers era last year in Green Bay, and then they show up again in Green Bay in week four on a short week and just pound the crap out of the Green Bay Packers. And they leave Matt LaFleur at the podium without answers and just full of just snippiness, and you can't blame him. This is how they left the Green Bay Packers head coach when they left Lambeau, these lines.
3: What do you think, think happens when you have a, for, to cause the first half like that, where you just, you couldn't, you got nothing. You to
0: Pete. I mean, we got our ass kicked. If I knew, it wouldn't have happened.
2: Matt, they didn't blitz until uh, the last.
0: That's a BS question, man.
2: They didn't blitz until the last play of the first half. Um, they sent four or less most of the time. Why couldn't you guys protect,
3: do you think? It wasn't good enough. They whipped us. They manhandled us. Again, if I knew the answer to that, it wouldn't have happened.
2: Whipped, manhandled. Boy, are those, like, if you ask Dan Campbell, what are the adjectives you would like to have the opposing coach describe your team's play against this team tonight? If you asked him the question going in, he would say whipped and manhandled, I think would absolutely be two of the choices that he would use. And you can't help but think, four games in, I get it, but you can't help but think, we are finally seeing the early manifestations, or perhaps the actual manifestations, of Aaron Rodgers leaving this Green Bay Packers team in division, and what the post-Rodgers world is going to look like. Aiden Hutchinson said those words pretty much on the head when Kaylee Hartung of Prime Video had him at the mic moments after the game on the broadcast.
1: You're from Michigan. What does dominance in this rivalry mean?
0: It's fun, man. I mean, I grew up with Aaron Rodgers kicking our ass um, every year, so it's good to, to be on the winning, winning side of things. Aaron's out the division. Um, so uh, life is good right now, but we're going to keep working.
2: Aaron's ra- out of the division. Life's good right now. Don't take Aiden's word for it. There's a stat line that speaks volumes as to the fact that Aaron Rodgers is out of the division. Hmm. It's David Montgomery's. Why would you say that, Rich? Aaron doesn't play defense. No, it's not. just the stat line that includes, let me get this right had it open. Here it is. I mean, this is, you want to talk about whipping and manhandling. This guy was injured last week. They kept him out, short week, comes out. <laughs> 32 carries. Hmm. They, they haven't talked to rock 32 times. Jeez. I know all the Jameer Gibbs uh, fantasy know, right? uh, drafters and owners are waiting for this kid to start dominating. And I think, you know, we'll see it. He's yet to be unwrapped. And they've won three of their first four. 32 for a buck, 21, and three touchdowns. But most importantly, it's that one in the win column. Don't forget, this guy was on the Bears. Who owns the Bears? The guy was no longer in the division. This is David Montgomery's first career win against the Packers. And who'd have thunk it? I know this is feeling like kicking the Bears fans when they're down. <laughs> you got to go to the Lions to get it done. But again... That is the latest indication of what the post-Rogers world in this division might look like. Here is Montgomery talking about this very fact after the game.
0: How much were you kind of looking forward to this game? It's an opportunity to face them with a, with a different team. Yeah, uh,
4: it just felt different, you know? Uh, I just felt real different coming in um, with the, the, the group of guys that I'm with. Uh, like I said, I'm blessed to kind of... Uh, come out with these guys and get the, get the dub. You know, that's big for me. Um, I could tell my son that I beat the Packers. So uh, I'm excited to say that, and uh, I'm excited to be a part of this team, really.
2: I could tell my son I beat the Packers. That's funny. Says David Montgomery. You bet. This has the all the f- makings and feelings of a torch being passed. Again, long season. But winning division games on the road is the way you win your first division title in 30 years. That's the path to that basket. And with the Vikings at 0-3 and the Bears at 0-3 and the sense that one of them, if you just flip a coin, is going to be 0-4. And you just beat the team that's closest to you on their home turf, and you just didn't beat them. You, to quote the opposing coach, manhandled and whipped them. You gotta, you gotta have a feeling that this is the way it's the way it is this year, and potentially it's going to be because this is a young team. Jamison Williams is suspended. He's coming back. Jameer Gibbs is hardly. Scratch the surface. And that, those trenches, they can win them. They can win them. That's my thoughts coming off of Thursday Night Football. Yeah, goal. I take back
0: everything I said yesterday about Jordan Love. Well, I mean, well, again, it's just one week. No, I know. It's just one week. Also, By the way,
2: McBaptiari's on IR. Sure. Jenkins isn't playing. You shout you out know, to, the,
0: mean, to the Lions offensive and defensive line. They dominated that game. Killed Both it. sides of the ball in the trenches. Love had no chance to throw the ball yesterday. No time. Couldn't get the ball to receivers. The running backs couldn't do anything. You know, A.J. Dillon, like, where are you, bro? Well, I mean, again. On a milk
2: Carton in, in Milwaukee. You can't as... LeFleur said, we didn't have that soundbite for you. Can't get it all. I think I think we've all uh, given you this sense of how it went down last night. He said, you can't throw from your back. Yeah. is what he said. Can't throw from your back. I mean, that's what you want to do in your, in your division. You want to road grade the team that's coming into your house. Or you want to road grade the team whose house you're going into. Don't you think Miami's going into Buffalo with that sense this weekend? Hey, we just we just beat the Broncos by 50. Guess what we're coming to do? We're coming to put our calling card on Western New York and say we're coming for you too. That's what you want to do. Vegas needing a win in the worst way. We're coming to the Chargers house. We're coming to do this in front of your fans. Roquan Smith said... This week about the Browns, you know, that's the idea. You go into a house and you want to beat them in front of their family and kids. That's the NFL. And in front of the family and kids, last night the Lions had the Packers crying for their moms. That's what happened. These things are happening in front of us. As Rodgers is no longer in Green Bay while he stares at the Dolphins and his leg up, trying to come back for the Jets. Where is A-A Ron right now? We're going to talk about what's going on with the Jets with Tom Pelissero when we come back. By the way, Jonathan Taylor has two more days left on Pup. What's up with that? Are there hot seats forming in the NFL? Patrick Peterson of the Steelers, having won two in a row since getting beaten and manhandled at home by the 49ers to start the season. They're going to Houston, and uh, we're assuming it'll be a direct flight, unlike their flight home from Vegas. So that's a conversation to come. What's more likely, my top five games that I'm looking forward to, your phone calls, eight four four two zero four. rich being the number to dial. Tom Pelissero, the latest of what's going on in the National Football League from one of the best in the business, my colleague from the NFL Network. That's next. This is The Rich Eisen Show. in store and now save 40 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com go ahead christopher say what you said in the break go ahead
0: uh you think the jaguars want that number one pick back Trayvon Walker instead of Aiden Hutchinson, who's just destroying every game he's playing right now? Uh, look,
2: you you know you're talking my language. Okay. You know, I don't want to, you know, tap up Michigan I, as no, much. But, you know, but, 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 you have eyes, right? <laughs> yeah, that
0: dude's a monster.
2: He is a game wrecker. And Trevon Walker, you know, I mean, he's not, as he hasn't started his career as fast, obviously, as Hutchinson. Right. And um, he could develop into... And he could start wrecking the game against Desmond Ritter in London. Sure, absolutely. This coming Sunday. But he don't look like that, dude. That is correct. And I could have told the Jaguars that about who you're getting, but is he the perfect person for the Lions at the most perfect time for the coach who's there trying to change the culture? Is that guy perfect growing up in the state? Grew up there as a fan. Right. A Wolverine. Who fans of the, there's a large cross section of Wolverine Lion fans. I can personally attest to that. And damn straight, remember Dan Campbell said to me at the combine in the NFL network coverage that he had a man crush on him as soon Mm -hmm. as he saw him at the combine? Yeah. Is he perfect for Dan Campbell and what they're trying to establish? And what they are, by the way, establishing. Establishing. You can use the present tense. Yeah.
0: Hell yeah. He so 13, sa- you know, nine and a half sacks last year, second in defensive rookie of the year to Sauce, already three and a half sacks
2: through four games this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's making the rest of the line better, and he's the, like I said, the perfect, perfect person to help restore the roar. So I'm sure they're like, thanks, Jacksonville, <laughs> for making your choice. They're very happy with that. Back here on The Rich Eisen Show, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk on the radio network. It's all furnished by Granger. It's supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by as our friend in his usual Friday spot is doing so from the NFL Network, NFL Media Group, getting ready for the NFL Insiders on NFL Plus and NFL Network. My colleague and friend, uh, Tom Pellicero, back here on The Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Tom?
3: Doing great, Rich. Hard to believe we're already into week four here. Like if this were the old sixteen game schedule, we'd be yeah. talking about the quarter poll. There's no easy way to divide seventeen games. <laughs> you start the calendar starts to flip to October and you know the stakes get raised in terms of teams, you know, figuring out are we in are we out? And if we're out, what exactly does that mean for the rest of 2020?
2: Yeah, I mean, when you said 17 divided by 4, again, that that, that makes it seem like uh, one of my uh, fifth grader's math problems that she seems to solve and looks at me for help, and I'm like, yeah, I, I, I got nothing for you. Um, so let's just jump into what did you make of uh, Thursday night football, Tom? What would you make of that?
3: The Lions were absolutely as impressive as I think that they would have hoped that they looked on that stage and listen you know the Packers got some reinforcements Aaron Jones Christian Watson neither of those guys had really practiced until Wednesday at like full speed um, so they were both just coming back but they're beat up on the offensive line there's no excuses whatsoever but when you hear Matt LaFleur talking to after the game about we got manhandled on both sides of the ball we got our asses kicked um, that that's indicative of exactly what I think we all saw watching that game you know they've done a, a phenomenal job in Detroit building a team that is Really physical. They've got their share of injuries as well. They've been beat up uh, along the offensive line here. Uh, David Montgomery, that signing, I mean, the backstory on that, Rich, is so fascinating because the Lions were trying to re-sign Jamal Williams. They actually offered Jamal Williams more money than he ended up getting in New Orleans. Williams wasn't willing to take it. They pivoted, gave a little bit more to get David Montgomery from their division rivals. And as much as we saw flashes from David Montgomery in Chicago over the previous four years, the guy you're watching right now looks like a difference maker on offense. And they got a whole bunch of other big physical athletes uh, that they're going to try to beat you up with.
2: Well, speaking of runners available, Tom, it's now time, right? So the pup list four week stint for Jonathan Taylor ends, I imagine, as soon as the Colts... Wrap up their week four contest that's being slated to be played at home against the Rams. What is the status? What's going on? Are there any trade talks behind the scenes? What's the scoop?
3: Well, let's start with health on this one, Rich. It does sound like Jonathan Taylor's made a lot of progress. He was pretty close at the start of the season. There were obviously a lot of factors involved, but he was still kind of coming around with the ankle. He's in that building, from what I've been told, every day. He's going through his rehab. Uh, The Colts are able to watch him. They see a guy who continues to get better and better. And the Colts are still hoping that they can figure out a way for Jonathan Taylor to be back with that team. There have been trade talks. That's been documented. Um, But, you know, we're talking about Miami. They got Devon H.A. running for 280 yards and four touchdowns last week. And they got Raheem Mostert fully healthy right now. The prospect of giving a a top-of-the-market contract. Out of Jonathan Taylor right now may not be as alluring as it might have been if it was at all prior to the start of the season. Obviously, Green Bay had checked in. There was not. I know our colleague Ian Rapport reported that they offered a couple of like mid-round picks for Jonathan Taylor. It wasn't really a serious type of an offer in terms of something the Colts were w- would be willing to take. You know, there's other teams that are hard up at that position. The Ravens right now are really beat up at the running back spot. We'll see what other injuries might arise here. Uh, in the coming days. Um, but barring that, barring a trade, let's see. Can the Colts figure out some way, maybe with a, a adjusted contract, to get Jonathan Taylor back into the fold? And if you're Taylor at this point, do you want to go someplace else? Or do you want to go, you know, give it your best here, try to finish out this season, show that you're healthy, show that you're still that guy who led the league of rushing in 2021, and then hope that you get a chance to hit an improved market Uh, Come next March.
2: So um, I know you said that the Packers' offer wasn't deemed to be serious. You want to talk about unserious? Asking for Jalen Waddle might be in that category. Did that really happen, Tom? Best on your reporting.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you're the Colts and you've got a premium player like a Jonathan Taylor, (laughs) you don't want to trade him. So all right, great, (laughs) you want him. Give us a premium player in return. But it sounds like, like it
2: sounds like my twelve-year-old's fantasy league. You know, I see some of the offers from his fellow twelve-year-olds, and it's just like we will offer you somebody who is somewhat hurt and doesn't play for your best player. Like that's what we're doing. And uh, really, like is so that's my I guess my way of setting up Crystal Ball. It. I know you're in the I know you're in the business of facts and information, but using that as a background way to tell us what do you think is. Is going to happen? Is is Taylor somewhat interested seeing what this team is doing? I mean, the Colts are in first right now, and Anthony Richardson is coming back. Is there a way that he's seeing, like, all right, I'll do it here and then figure out the rest? Or is he just say, screw it, I want out of here? What's your crystal ball for me?
3: It sounds like Jonathan Taylor's been in a better mood since he's been back okay. around the building here, but there's a difference between that and, oh yeah, I'm going to come back and play for whatever his number is, $3 million or so uh, this season. So, you know, I think that this is going to heat up certainly come Monday, Tuesday, coming out of the week four games. Colts will be back on the practice field presumably on Wednesday of next week. And at that point, you would hope that you've got a resolution uh, in some regard here. Again, there could be new there could be new things that arise uh, with regard to injuries, and that could spur trade talks. My understanding has been there's really been nothing close to this point of what the Colts would want, which is upwards of what the 49ers gave up the Panthers for Christian McCaffrey it equates to roughly a first round pick that was if you add everything up depending on the value charts you use Rich it was like equivalent of like a high second round pick is more or less what the Panthers got out of it the Colts want more than that for Jonathan Taylor nobody's been close doesn't mean that something won't arise here he also got the contractual piece of this Um, but as of right now again there's nothing imminent on a trade which leads you to go okay is there a way for the Colts to get Jonathan Taylor back into the fold to make sense also For Jonathan Taylor, who's a really good player, by all accounts, a really good guy. I've dealt with him. He's a really smart guy, too. You know, what does he see in this situation? We'll get a firm answer on that, you would hope, uh, early next week.
2: Tom Pelissero here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk about what is going on in the Jets locker room based on your reporting, you're hearing uh, co- uh, throughout the week. You know, Joe Namath went on local radio and uh, a Michael K show, as we all know, and said Zach Wilson should be out of there. He's sick and tired of seeing him play. And now, you know, Zach Wilson showed up w- uh, to his press conference wearing an I got your back T-shirt. Um, they're putting up T-shirts to say that they have his back. Um, so what, what is the latest of what's going on there? Best you can tell Tom.
3: I would start by saying this, Rich, unless Joe Namath wants to come back and play quarterback for the jets and get a time machine back to 50 years ago. I'm not sure that there's a lot out there in terms of what the jets could go get. You know, it's easy for Namath to say, I'm done with them. I want to see him move on. But then you heard Robert Sola saying, yeah, well he's, he's entitled to that opinion. It's a very kind way of saying, what do you want us to do? You could look around And you could say, okay, we can go trade for a Case Keenum. We could sign a Joe Flacco or a Carson Wentz. Are any of these things, you know, the ceiling certainly isn't as high as it is on Zach Wilson. The floor might not even be as high. If you go back and you watch the tape of Wentz last year or Matt Ryan last year or Flacco when he's played recently here, you know, the Jets are certainly exploring everything. And they've talked about a lot of different things at this point there's really not an easy way to get an upgrade. Now, you know, there's a lot of talk about Kirk Cousins and what potentially could happen. I can tell you the Vikings are not there right now. Yes, they're 0-3, but their focus is go beat Carolina, get that first win, and try to get this thing rolling with a remodeled uh, and pretty young roster that's got some superstar power with guys like Justin Jefferson on it. They're not punting on the season at this point. Maybe by late October we're having a different conversation, but they're not there now. And even if we were... The Jets are in a spot where they give up a lot of draft capital for Aaron Rodgers and they are paying Aaron Rodgers a lot of money this year and next year at a time that based on Rodgers own statements and everything the Jets have said they're anticipating that he's going to be back. Um so you're just you're in a difficult spot. Yes, there were some blowups. There's natural frustration. I think it's you know it's clear that you know whether it's Michael Carter, Garrett Wilson, whoever Everybody knows that Zach Wilson's got to play better, but so does everybody around him. And that, rich, I remember our first conversation on this after the Aaron Rodgers injury. It could not be about it could not be about Zach Wilson. It could not be Zach Wilson go be great. It was Zach Wilson be good enough and everybody be great around him. The other thing you got to remember is Nathaniel Hack based on his relationship with Aaron Rodgers, knowing what Aaron can do, knowing how Aaron likes to manipulate things, at the line of scrimmage, get in and out of plays, throw the backside options, run plays, everything else. They built an offense in which Rodgers had the keys to everything. Zach Wilson, he's a hard worker. I'm sure he can pick those things up, but they don't want him to have the keys. So now you're figuring out how do we walk that back, re-kind of build the scheme around what we think Zach Wilson can do well. They got a ton of weaponry between Brees Hall. They got to find a way to get Dalvin Cook going. They got Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard. Randall Cobbs made some plays for him. You got pieces around him. You have to protect them better. The offensive line has been a huge issue here and the defense has to keep doing what it's doing. If not, yeah, you're probably going to be a six win team and this entire season is going to be a mess. And mm. You're going to hope Aaron Rodgers comes back in 2024 and gets you out-, out of there, but this doesn't have to be Zach Wilson suddenly captures everything that made him the two overall number two overall pick. Forget the draft position, forget everything that you thought about Zach Wilson. It's just be good enough, which is all you're really asking for a backup quarterback in most cases.
2: So then what is your reporting on uh, the Rodgers piece, Tom, you you touched on something interesting. We've talked about it uh, over the last couple of shows as well Is the fact that he's, you know, still in the fold for next year. And that's the plan for next year. And the offensive coordinator who definitely needs to be more creative for a guy that, you might not think can handle the creative aspect of things, but that is going to be that is Nathaniel Hackett's number one job right now, is to figure out how to get Zach Wilson playing better and to be more creative in that process. So the team that you know knows they're trying to run the ball can either have it run down their throat or have it thrown over the run defense. That's my long-winded way of setting setting it all up to say, Hackett's Rogers's guy. So how much is Rodgers looming over the thought process of what the Jets need to do when right now, knowing that you still have to cater to his wishes in a way? Your thoughts on that?
3: Well, right now you're in survival mode, Rich. If you're the Jets, you're just trying to figure out a way that, hey, we just got to like pack this thing together and do the best that we can. Yeah, big picture. It is different because you got guaranteed money committed to Aaron Rodgers. You made that trade. You gave up a, a second round pick and more for him. You're not going to want to say, actually, Aaron, we don't we don't really want you back. We're going to try to trade you. No, they you know, we well, saw Woody Johnson say it the day after the injury, talking about the story, you know, tweeted something along the lines so of the story is not over. They want him back. But in the short term, they want to find a way here to win games. And this is not to make excuses, Rich, for Hackett or for Zach Wilson or anything else. You'd be hard pressed to find a lot of offenses that can operate with the offensive line in the state that the Jets offensive line is right now. And it's not just the manpower. It's also the number of changes. I mean, they went into that game last weekend thinking up until like Friday or Saturday, Dwayne Brown's going to play. Dwayne Brown ends up on IR. That's your left tackle. So you're you're constantly moving these pieces around. You're shuffling different things. It's causing a lot of you know consternation. And they went up against two of the best defenses in Zach Wilson's first two starts. Let's see what happens again. I'm not. I come across. I think sometimes the Zach Wilson apologist. I think that people narrowly focus on oh, just plug in any quarterback and it's going to get better. Maybe it won't. Zach Wilson was the number two overall pick for a reason. He's got the physical tools. He's got the work ethic. Obviously, there's a lot that he's got to learn about just being a quarterback in the NFL. But you're thinking we can wring more out of him than we can possibly get out of a Joe Flacco coming back. Maybe Joe Flacco gets you the seven wins. But Zach Wilson, if he plays to his potential everyone with everyone playing to their potential around him, you still got a shot, and that's the kneel that they're trying to throw here.
2: Tom Pelicero here on the Rich Eisen show. A couple more minutes left here. Um, Devontae Adams' comments, you want to interpret them for me about not having he, he doesn't want to have the time? He doesn't have the time, uh, to I, I, I'm paraphrasing here let things marinate to get some wins. He wants it now. What do you make about all that as Josh McDaniels? at one and two coming into this town to take on a hot Chargers team. What do you got for me on that?
3: Well, Devontae Adams has won a lot of games going back to his days in Green Bay, and he signed up for something that's a little bit different right now when he went to Vegas, you know, and there was more than one reason. It wasn't just Derek Carr. Adams had built a house out there. He wanted to live in Las Vegas. He had dreamed about being a Raider. That's where he wanted to be. But then, you know, whatever it was, 15 games into last season, they punt on Derek Carr. They end up bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo. Adams caught a couple of touchdowns last week, so it's not as if he's not having productivity right now. But you can imagine the frustration when you're looking around and you are seeing, at least in terms of their front-line guys. We can talk about death, but their front-line guys, they got superstars. You have Josh Jacobs. For some reason, you can't run the football. You have a Devontae Adams. you are not passing consistently. you got Max Crosby, who's doing his thing week in and week out, regardless of the circumstances, but he's not a one-man wrecking crew. Uh, in terms of being able to fix everything else with your defense here. So I didn't read much more into it than Devontae Adams didn't sign up to lose. He didn't think that he was going there, much less to play without Derek Carr, but he didn't think he was coming into a situation where there was a rebuild. He went there also in part, I believe, to show people that his career was not a product of Aaron Rodgers, and he wanted to prove I'm a Hall of Fame receiver regardless of who's throwing me the football. When you're losing games, even if you're having production, that can – Certainly raised some questions. I get the frustration. I don't see a whole lot more in it than that. I would say, you know, especially if the Chargers had lost last week, they had that thrilling win against Minnesota. But even now, you know, this is, you don't know want to call it an elimination game in week four, but it kind of has that vibes of whoever wins this game is going to be feeling pretty good as they move forward here. Whoever loses this game and Chargers have a week five bye is going to be feeling like, okay, we are really looking upwards here at the rest of the A. How about a
2: hot seat game? Too early to start using those phrases or what? Tom.
3: I think there would have been a lot of discussion about it. If the Chargers had lost last week. I don't think that that's necessarily realistic um, because they don't believe they've ever made a coaching change, even in the season um, with the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's frustration. You know, they were a playoff team in 2021. Josh came in, they started to make changes. It takes a while to enact that cultural shift. They went seven and 10 last year, missed the playoffs. And now they're, I believe one and two uh, at this stage. So I think that the hot seat probably, the discussion certainly begins, especially when you've got these early season buys and teams naturally would be looking at those as, okay, is this the right time uh, for us to make a change here? There's certainly some assistant coaches who you would anticipate would be on the hot seat, depending how things play out here in the coming weeks. I would tell you this, Rich, I'm going to wake up starting Monday with every single Monday morning with my antenna up because, you know, this is where frustration boils over. This is where certain people go into CYA mode and just try to, you know, okay, you, wanna, you want some, a warm body? We'll, we'll give you the coordinator. We'll give you this position, coach. We'll make this change. We'll make this trade. That's the reality of the NFL. Even though it's the longer season than it's ever been at 17 games, even four games in, like I said at the start of this, you start to know, are we in or are we out and if you're out, that can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people.
2: All right. And as always, we end our conversation with you, Tom Pelissero. Open up your notebook. What have I not asked you about? What are you interested in talking about to leave us with, Tom? What do you got?
3: I'll, g- I'll give you this, uh, Rich, because we got four teams right now that are 0-3, and they all happen to play each other this week. You got the Broncos going up against the Bears. You got the Panthers against the Vikings. I think that we've talked a lot about the Bears and the Broncos, there's a lot to unpack with those teams. I think that the, the other interesting game to me is the Panthers and Vikings, because I think that those two teams are probably more equipped to actually get out of this rut based on where they are personnel wise. With Carolina, I'm just going to be looking for, can they just, what Bryce Young, assuming that he gets back on the field with that ankle, can they help him out? Can they help him out with the offensive line, with the play calls, with everything that goes into it? You know, there's a lot of times where they're getting up to the line of scrimmage with one second on the play clock and it looks like a fire drill. You know, just settle in. We know Bryce Young is an unbelievably smart, high processing individual. Uh, He's very instinctive. Just got to, you know, make him feel like he can go out there and play. And then with the Vikings, you know, all I see is debates still about trade Kirk Cousins and blow it up and what do you do? Vikings, I can tell you, are not in that mode right now. Maybe it's different, you know, several weeks down the line, but. When you look at these games that they've played so far, Rich, and I know I mentioned this on game day morning last week, they are losing fumbles at a historic rate, not just fumbling at a historic rate, but losing fumbles at a historic rate, which you know, if you believe every analytical study ever done, fumble recovery is pure luck. Usually you're going to get back 50% of those over the course of the season. The Vikings have lost, they lost six in their first two games. Mm. That was the most in 20 years. They lost one or two again last week. If they can you know, sort of smooth some of those things out, you still got Kirk Cousins, who's on record pace. you still got Justin Jefferson, who's on record pace. Jordan Addison's a really good young player. You have TJ Hawkinson. They can settle some things down. She'll get some help on the offensive line this week. Defensively, they're going to have to figure it out, but they're an offensive type of a football team. If they go in there and put some points up on Carolina, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're able to kind of jumpstart this thing. And We're talking about can the Vikings make a playoff run as opposed to one to the Vikings start trading away all their players.
2: Always make us smarter, Tom. Thanks very much. Have a good NFL Insiders program, and we'll see you uh, next week and on game day morning beforehand. Thanks, brother.
3: Very rich.
2: Thanks. So uh, there's the latest in the NFL right there. The London games begin on Sunday. Yeah. The uh, Jaguars awesome. and the Falcons first up. Nine thirty AM Eastern it. time. Four windows of football. Four windows of football. It's it's oh, a it's a it's a, uh. it's a it's a it's a it's a It's a miracle. It's a beautiful thing. Um, We made it. And you can listen to that game on Westwood One Radio on many of these stations. Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on your Westwood One affiliate station's digital platforms. Kevin Harling, Kurt Warner, and me all season long on Monday night for free. And get in the zone with AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Great, heard, pa- great pause. Thank you. I heard I Eagle uh, do this read during the game last night, and I <laughs> thought to myself, I'm inspired. Eight four four two zero four. rich number to dial. Let's take a break. Your phone calls when we come back. Hour number two has what's more likely residing in it. Patrick Peterson. And Ooh. hour number three of the Pittsburgh Steelers. What is going on with you, Jim Brockmeyer and Brett Musburger? This is my Musburger face. <laughs> you no, know, you can't put that to bed, Rich Eyes. You know why you can't put it to bed?
0: Okay. Because he's a punk. That's why. <laughs> Brett Mus- Mus- Musburger is a P-U-N-K punk. The man is a thief. Okay? Brett Musburger is a thief. How so? Stole my line. What line was that? This is for all the Tostitos. Remember that? This is for all the Tostitos. Remember when he said that? Everybody in the business, no, it's not funny. Everybody in the business knows that was my line. But he went ahead and used, that's what I always yell when I climax inside of a woman. Or Or when I'm just, when I climax all by myself. And ever since then, now I have to yell out, uh, Ruffles have ridges. And
2: it's not, it's not the same thing. Here is Brent Musburger. How are you, Brent? Hey, Rich, Rich, I'm great. Listen, uh, I'm so proud of you guys
4: for trying to help resurrect little Jimmy Brickmeyer's career. We all
1: know the
2: problems. We all know the problems that he had in the past. He says that you stole all the Tostitos from him, Brent, from back in the day.
4: I got paid. I got paid by a company to drop the name. I got free Tostitos for a week. What are you talking about? Okay. You know, Rich, it's really interesting because as we started these in here, in Las Vegas and uh, Brickmeyer was having trouble getting a job. So so he he yeah. called our executives and our general manager. He interviewed Brickmeyer, and <laughs> asked him about uh, uh, a three-team parlay. And yeah. and our and our boy Jimmy, mm-hmm. he thought that that was two hookers with him in a Morristown hotel room.
0: <laughs> you know. <laughs>
4: You know, Jesus, we would have loved to help him out, but uh, I wish him the best. He's so delusional, and uh, listen, let him go at it. We're all the Tostitos, baby.
2: That's truly one of our most crowning achievements (laughs) ever. Ever. We're We're all the Tostitos, baby. We're back here on the uh, Rich Eisen Show. Um, News out of Las Vegas, Nevada. Las Vegas police... Have arrested a man in the drive-by shooting of Tupac Shakur, twenty-seven years later. Yeah, I just. Saw Did that. you see I'm that? Just talking about like. I, I need to know more information. Twenty-seven years later.
0: Someone had a funny tweet like, "How are you going to arrest someone for for killing someone who's not a, not dead?" No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the conspiracy is that Tupac and Biggie just are still wild
2: alive on an island. So that happened today in Las Vegas. Crazy. Indeed. Uh, let's go to Howie in Dallas right here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Howie? Rich, what's up? I made it through. You did, Howie? Congratulations. <laughs> hey, I just want to let you know I love your rakish hat. You should wear
0: way more on the, uh, on the show. But I do have an interesting question. Since you were a lover of the Godfather. Yes, sir. Um, so I'm a Baylor Bears fan. Uh-huh. And Coach Dave Aranda. Before we played Texas last week and got shellacked, um, he made them watch The Godfather, the whole team, to just get them hyped up and to uh, understand the importance of family and doing things for the family. And I had to facepalm because we looked a lot like Sonny in the toll booth on Saturday instead of just like, you know, Dylan Fredo or something around those lines. And so anyway, I'm just wanting to ask you, as a member of the beloved godfather fan base yes do you think that is the show you you show the team
2: uh well that's what i would do howie i would show i would show the team something shorter um you know that uh that's a that's that's three hours that's a long time now we thanks for the call howie we were at michigan years ago when i was the uh, honorary captain. 2016. Were you at? Did you, did you come that night too? To, to, the, the,
0: to the movie night? Yeah, to the movie yeah, night. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You
2: were there. I was there. My yeah. buddy Paul was there. We were all together. And it was Eight Mile. Eight Mile. But it was the choice of the team. Right. Jim gave the team a choice. I forget what the other one was. It's like a sports yeah. movie, and the kids chose either. Eight Mile. Yeah. Which was great. I love that movie. I, I hadn't seen it in a long time. Yeah. We rabbit. But I, I just would like, there's other ways, there's film study. Right? There's film study, and then there's watching a three-hour movie to say, let's keep it within the family. I mean... Godfather's also kind of a slow. Right. You know, well, the, it's not... Deliberate. When was the last time you've seen The Godfather? I'm saying it's not like the town where there's just nonstop action. Oh, I understand that, but not everything's about action. There's storytelling and nuance and cinematography. I
0: understand, but for a bunch of 19-year-olds... To watch a 60 year old movie, Zan yeah.
2: wants to see The Godfather. I told—I think I've had this conversation with you. I'm like, no phones. You cannot be like—you're not going to get on your phone because yeah, be, you got to be Yeah, lo- where- You got to be locked in, right? You got to be locked in.
0: The dialogue is important,
2: right? So that? clearly, you won't show Godfather Part Two because spoiler alert—you know, Fredo mm. and the brother have a falling out. You know, Michael and Fredo, right? Which you don't want because right teammates having a falling
0: out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean. Godfather you, wouldn't be my it, team, like, inspiration yeah. movie choice. Yeah. You know. Maybe Miracle.
2: Mir- know? Yeah, sure. That's more inspiring. You know,
0: Remember the Titans, like, something like that. Yeah, kind yeah. of yeah. feel remember good. The yeah. Rah, rah, Yeah. Happy ending. Johnny yeah.
2: yeah. be Good. Yeah. yeah. You know. I got you. Not like there's, let's go out and make sure you get Salazzo right in the head when you come sure. out of the bathroom. Sure. Like, like, that's not. Right. That's not everything you want to. Klusky. Right. Drop take, it, you know. Take the cannolis. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> well, it looks like Texas took the cannolis. <laughs> right. The very end. Um, Let's go to Tim in Phoenix, Arizona. What's up, Tim? How are you, sir?
1: Hey, Rich. How are you doing? I'm well. On the show. With no, well, hey, thank you. I wanted to talk a little bit. I know that uh, Aaron Rodgers was a disappointment for you, but I'd like to talk about <laughs> the history of Colts quarterbacks. We've had just about as bad history uh, as the Jets since you guys beat us in uh, the Super Bowl.
2: Uh, 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 I'm going to have to. If you
1: remember, I'm gonna, we drafted John L.A. I never do. played for us.
2: Tim, 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 I'm, I'm going to have to stop you here. <laughs> I have to stop you here because I don't recall <laughs> anybody of the caliber of Peyton Manning playing for the New York Jets. There's no statue out in front of MetLife Stadium like there is in Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, um, That's – honestly, you cannot equate the two, Tim. You can't. Sorry. Yes.
1: When Peyton played for us, yes, he may have been the greatest regular season quarterback ever.
2: Took you to two Super Bowls. I haven't been to a Super Bowl in my life. I was a zygote when the Jets went to the Super Bowl. Uh, Honestly, you had two of them, Tim. I mean, you're water skiing behind yachts compared to me sitting in my dinghy waiting for something to happen His
1: record. he had a losing record he had a losing record again i love peyton i love what he is but he he did not win in Indy. then we got andrew luck who could have been a superstar and he got a concussion now we have another potential superstar quarterback he did last longer than aaron Rodgers, but again he's in concussions
2: well he's coming and, out this week you, you know and and you know, I, 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 thanks for the call, Tim. Call back again. I'm sorry. I'm just not in the mood to sit here and say my team's just is. I mean, the Colts. I just, I can't, I can't have it. I won't have it. Who are the
0: franchises historically that have had the worst quarterbacks? Well, you,
2: you have to start with the Browns, don't you?
0: Yeah, I think so. Bears, Jets. Well, the Bears at least had Jim McMahon. But he you know, wasn't the reason they won the Super Bowl. But he
2: was—he was definitely a reason why, not the reason. I mean, their all-time greatest quarterback is Jay Cutler. You know what I mean? No, it's Jim McMahon. Uh, I mean, not. I stat- mean, statistically, I statistically. I forget statistically. I mean, Jim McMahon. Let's put it well, this way: Jim McMahon with his uh, Roselle headbands was perfect for the time. Yeah. And and you know, Jim McMahon would never have been. Um, on a stationary bike as things were circling the drain and then showing up on Rodeo Drive the next week. That wouldn't happen. So, but the Browns, I mean, that's without a doubt. I mean, Bernie Kosar and Brian Sight, that's about it. Right? And then Tim Couch and then Joe Thomas making the Hall of Fame. Never missing a snap, protecting thirty million different guys right. is one of the greatest achievements by any Hall of Famer. You figure at some that point that never won a Super Bowl or went to one or even sniffed one.
1: Figure at some point Joe Thomas just would have been frustrated and be like, "Get me out of
2: here." Who else would there be? I mean, I mean at least the Cardinals had had Kurt Warner. Yeah. you know. I mean, the Bucks until Tom Brady kind of. That's that's up there. They won one with Brad Johnson. Yeah, you want did. to talk about someone who wasn't the reason right. why they won the Super Bowl? He was probably far down the list of a reason why they won it. You know? But I, I just can't say, say, you know.
1: The Browns win. I world.
2: would have signed for Peyton Manning for 15 years, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Two Super Bowls, including one win. I'd have signed for that. <sighs> What's more likely coming up, hour two? I don't mean to. Sid Luck, Adam's saying Sid Luckman is the uh, the Bears quarterback of all time. Yeah. That's who I put but my, you know, it's been list. a long time. That's you know, been away a long time for that.
0: So more Las Vegas news: Chandler Jones reportedly arrested, according to is, TMZ. That is one of the saddest if stories. You, yeah, if
2: you've seen his Twitter timeline out there recently, it's so sad. That is one of the saddest stories out there. I have no idea what is going on. Obviously, there are details that aren't being made available for for good reasons. He is saying that the reason why the details aren't made available because of the people that are keeping what he knows quiet, it's kind of crazy. I mean, unfortunate. So, I don't know what's going on there yeah. either. What a day here on this Friday. Yeah. So, Patrick Peterson's joining us in Peterson. hour number three. Peterson. Hey Rich, Chris and I were wondering, yes, the, sir. The,
1: the people at Roku, did they ask about us or Always. Yeah. That's true. You know, we we're just curious if they Yes. Do they have any we thoughts on the
0: high button cuz a lot of people in the comments aren't fans
2: <laughs> of what you're doing? Yeah. This is comfortable. I don't know what people understand. Why does that make you comfortable? I like it. You know what would look good? People don't. This may just be the New Mexico in me now <laughs> with that look of bolo tie. Get the bolo tie I would bolo tie it up huh? I have a bolo tie somewhere Oh, by the way, uh, Hector Salamanca says hello <laughs> How about Tuco? Yeah, oh, I know, I stayed away from him I don't blame you